Just oh, get started, I guess. Rubber baby bubby bunkers. No, rubber baby buggy bumpers. Apparently that's a... A warm-up? A podcast warm-up? Warm up. Yeah, and there's other things here. Okay. Rubber baby buggy bunkers. Bumpers. Bumpers. Okay, guys, let's go. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 42. Who do we have? Robin Kroll. Jen Pugsley. Chris O'Neill. Michael Turksani. Welcome, everyone. Morning. Oh. Hi. Morning. Bright and early, 7 a.m. Eastern. So this is an early one for everyone. This is how we do it over here. Hi, <laughs> right, Chris. How do we do it, Mike? I have no idea. How do we get up this early? And you got to get up. You gotta, yeah, you got to drag yourself out of bed. Um, we're talking about data, 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 and why Every and day. how, why, how, and and um, and all sorts of good stuff around it. Now we're talking about your data because we have been in many conversations um, lately especially after this um, COVID time or during this COVID time when a lot of companies are trying to leverage the, the, the data that they have on their customers and it's getting in the way of actually leveraging or of, of launching a variety of initiatives. So these are the conversations that we're having with new prospects that want to launch marketing automation initiatives and are finding that they can't do it because they um, are they getting held up. So why don't we talk a little bit about that piece there? What are we seeing on the front lines? I'll turn to Chris first, then we'll go to Robin on what, why, and in some of the common metrics, maybe Jen can fill in some of that. So, so go ahead, Chris. All right, thanks, Mike. So what we are hearing is that um, there's a definite interest in, um, in selling to the existing base. So that is customers with whom uh, an insurance broker has business and they want to mm -hmm. sell something else. Obviously there's a lot of, uh, of products that, you know, we see a lot of, of uh, uh, brokerages and PNC getting into life, getting into, uh, you know, um, uh, other, other areas and they want to, and it's a good mortgage idea. Insurance add-ons. Taking in, taking a new product to their existing base, which makes total sense. And we are, we're, we're uh, uh, in total support of that. But the, in, in some instances, there's an awareness that, that the data might not be ready to go. And that is because the, uh, in the, the effort to kind of get a new, a new deal into the system, maybe all the questions weren't asked. Maybe there's like a lack of key information in order to market into those folks. And one of the, you know, one of the obvious ones would be email because when you're reaching out to your existing base, Email is a, as we talked about last uh, podcast, email is a very important portion of that, uh, of that effort. So in some cases, uh, a, a broker principal will say, I've got a data problem. And that is a great place to start because when there isn't the, 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 the impression, and as Mike said before, you know, there's something holding them back. 
maybe the impression is that the fact that I've only got 40 or 50% of my existing uh, customers with an email address in the system, in the BMS, it's like that's, that's stopping me. Well, like we'll talk about how it is that that doesn't necessarily have to stop you. It's, a, it's something that needs to be addressed. But in other, in, in other instances, that information does not become uh, sort of part of the conversation. In other words, there's a little bit of a reluctance, maybe almost a little bit of embarrassment over the fact that there isn't all the data that I believe I need to kind of reach out to my existing base. That's another issue. That's another sort of opportunity to uncover and sort of discuss how it is that we go about uh, getting that, um, you know, getting that that data in, in you know, ready to go. <clears throat> so, you know, I would say that that um, with respect to cross sells and, and upselling existing customers, this is one of the things that we're running into pretty regularly. Is that uh, you know that portion of what is your your existing data like? Is there any portion of it that's ready to go? And how can we help to get you into a better position to be able to take advantage of the relationship that you've built with your customers over the, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of, of sort of building your customer base. So Robin, you want to chip in, Robin, do you want to chip on, uh, on sort of what we're seeing and, and kind of why uh, this is important to have your data in, in order? Sure. So, so first of all, I just want to say that um, there isn't a single company, regardless of which industry you look at, that has perfect data. It, it just doesn't exist, right? Data is always a work in progress. Um, are, there, are there some companies or some industries that have their, their data in a, a better shape than others? Yes. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, these are the kinds these organizations are the ones that actually understand the importance of data. So they actually spend some time looking at their data. So understanding uh, what data they have available um, and uh, looking where the gaps are, uh, wh where the cleanup has to happen and, and they put together a process. Um, these are also organizations that say, you know, even if my data is only 40 or 50% ready to go, so that might mean, you know, to Chris's point, I only have 40% of the emails from my customers or only 40% of my, my data is actually clean. These are organizations that say, this is not going to stop me. I'm going to uh, use the data carefully, but I'm going to start putting that data into practice. Because as you start using your data and you start putting together that cleanup process, you are going to be able to move from that 40% gradually to 60%, 80% till you get to that, that completion. And as you're putting that data into action, not only are you having that cleanup process, but you're actually moving your marketing forward. You're learning more about your customers, which in some cases you're actually capturing additional data points, which is then going ahead and helping you backfill um, your missing data. Um, it's also helping you clean up the data and it's helping you be uh, more targeted, more relevant and more successful with your marketing. So th these are all reasons of why um, it's important to start somewhere, put together a plan uh, and move forward. And for, for a lot of organizations, yeah. specifically in the insurance industry, 
you know, that, that whole concept can seem very daunting because it is a project. It's not necessarily an area where someone, you know, a broker principal um, might have expertise in. And that's why it's really important to, to work with a partner who does have that, that expertise specifically in the data area um, to, to help move forward. And, and, you know, if you read any of the, um, you know, insurance industry um, newsletters or blogs that are out there, every second one will talk about the important of, importance of data for, um, for segmenting, for personalization, for relevance. So it's really important for so many reasons to, to get started with your data plan. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, what you said there, Robin, at the beginning is that it's not really, you know, a large companies have large companies in this industry have the same problem. So it's not just, you know, your, your mid or your small broker or your large broker. It's also, you know, um, big carriers that have the same problem as well. So, um, you know, and I think there's a difference between personalization and being able to execute Right. So it's really everybody wants their communications to be highly personalized and bringing in all these data points. And that's what you should strive to. But that's not necessarily what you need on day one um, to get something out the door that's still very valuable. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can talk about kind of assessing the data next, because that's a good point on striving for personalization. Um, I think until you know, and when we do this in terms of looking at a particular campaign or, you know, sometimes we refer to these things as use cases, you know, which might be a very specific type of cross sell. I mean, essentially they're campaigns or, or, or initiatives um, that the business wants to achieve. You know, as you said, Chris, they, they ultimately want to go out and try to address their audience either for growth or for communication purposes uh, for renewal, for, for uh, referral, whatever that happens to be, um, that's a business initiative. And then it kind of gets handed off to marketing or IT to say, okay, how do we go do that? And then they come back with, well, the data is kind of all over the place. And do, you know, so at first, how can we, we talk about assessing the data? Um, maybe let's talk about assessment first. Maybe we can go to Robin and then around kind of in the, in the reverse order, go Jen and Chris. Um, and then let's, you can weave in prep if you want, or we can come to, somebody can touch on preparation. Sure. So if we, we talk about, a, um, assessment, you know, it's important to look at it in the lens of your marketing at the same time. So you might have, uh, you know, 50 different fields of data, but when you want to start up with your, with your assessment, you want to look at what is some baseline data that I need to understand uh, you know, the, the, the quality and the quantity of my data to be able to even embark on, on this marketing. And so that's when you'll identify those key fields. And when you look at assessment, I always look at it at two different levels. One, um, a, a penetration level. So, you know, do, do I actually have data for a particular uh, um, field? So for example, email address. One of the first steps is, do I have 40% of my customers with an email? Do I have 50, do I have 60? So that would be the first level of assessment. And the second level would be, is that actually good data? And now some data points you can do that 
level of assessment. Others you can't. Email is one of those things that you can because there are the basic um, ways that an email is constructed, you know, from having the at symbol to having a recognized domain name is the first level, and then using sources to go ahead and verify, is this actually a valid email address? So those are, are fairly straightforward uh, ways to get started on doing a, a base level of, of assessment. And, and some of the basic fields, you know, email address or um, um, first name, last name, uh, a mailing address, those are some of the things that you can start with the assessment and that's enough to get you started. And when you go to more, um, so I guess more user-defined fields, which might be uh, a title um, or maybe um, you know a company or an industry, those might be further along the lines for your assessment. But there are still ways to understand the um, the quantity and then the quality of the data, and that's a great way to get started with your assessment. Jen. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, slash prep. I think, you know, it is helpful to tie back to a use case in some areas. Sometimes that brings clarity to what you're trying to assess. So if you really want to do a monoline auto um, kind of a, a, a campaign, then you're obviously going to take everything that, that Robin talked about in her assessment, and then you're going to start layering, layering it with, um, you know, policy type, effective date, and, and those kinds of things. I think Maybe you- the insurance market. Yeah, you're, you're going to want, yeah, the, 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 the carrier type, um, you'll want to, you know, you'll want to take a look at those suppression, what, what you would want to suppress in some of these campaigns. So, um, you know, a lot of times we'll suppress like a VIP segment because that kind of makes everybody a little bit nervous. Um, so those are kind of some of the layers you can start really thinking about Recently when you're- Recently sold customers, you know, like yeah. you might want to suppress people that have only been a client for two years. Yeah. So all this in the assessment, and if you don't have these planning documents, again, it goes back to working with a partner that knows how to kind of work through these weeds weeds with you. But um, there's there's oftentimes these brokers have far, or actually any company has far more data that that they can use um, than they than they realize. So. So Chris, maybe in terms of where you take this, I mean, I think the assessment and prep. Really, what we're saying is that. Um, from a business perspective, and when you're when you're having these conversations, what what we're seeing is a lot of he, you know reservation about kind of some of the data that exists and and how to navigate around that. And maybe you could talk about um, with with some mm -hmm. of the the ways that a, a, a provider like Goose can really help assess and prep the data for some level of campaigning. What are the types of questions that a business, you know, the, the broker principals or the executive teams should really be thinking about? Yeah, good. So like the, the first part of it is generally around, let's not, not get into the weeds about what it is that you've got in terms of data. Let's start with what your overall strategy for growth is. So let's say, for example, you're talking to somebody who sees an opportunity of growth in a particular product because they know they, like insurance broker principals know their customer base at a very, very high level. They know who they are. They know the insurance business. So they know what products are available. So that's all you need to know. What is the product? And then you know your customers well enough to know, okay, that is there. 
That's where the discussion starts. So it's around, Mike, the strategy of growth. Mm-hmm. What is going to get me the growth that's going to, you know, and that's all a principal needs to focus on because all of the other details, they're all, we can work all that stuff out. So that's where I think the, the, the major focus uh, with a broker principal is what, how are you going to grow your business to where it is that you want to go? That is, what are the products? What are the services? What is it like? How is it that you're going to get that growth that you're looking for? If you're not looking to grow, if you're looking to be, you know, sort of some other, you have some other strategy, that's fine and dandy. But if you want to grow, then you're going to need to kind of decide how is it, what products, what area. We talk to a lot of customers who are like, we've got a lot of business on the personal side. We like it, but we'd like to grow our our commercial. Great. That's a great place to start because we can help sort of get that sort of process started, understanding, you know, helping to understand where it is that you're going into that new area of business. But, you know, this is this is sort of the, the place where the conversation really starts. And I would avoid sort of getting into the, the weeds of, well, you know, sort of, you know, what what is it that we actually like? What How is it that we're actually going to do that? The first step is what is it that you want to how is it yeah. you want to grow? Okay. So if you, if you, yeah, if you keep it and I like that, I mean, I think that that's really what we're saying is that, and this leads into like, it's okay to go to a portion and we can, we can maybe start with Jen and then, and then go around Chris and Robin on that. And then we're going to talk about building up your data. But I think if you keep it to, to the business objectives and the strategy to say, you know, we are trying to execute this, I think where you'll end up in, in all likelihood and exactly like you'd said, Robin, is that you may only be able to address, let's say, let's say in a perfect world, you have a thousand policyholders that meet the criteria for a campaign. You may only be able to go out to 400 of them. Um, and that's okay. So I want to talk about that next. Maybe go with Jen is that, you know, that's a great place to start and, and prove out uh, the, the model. Um, so Jen, why don't we talk about it's okay to go to a portion of your data and how would you do that if you had a capable system? Yeah, so um, I would definitely start with a subset of, you know, whether that's one use case or whether that's uh, to try to test something out, even if it's, you know, you go back to that cross-sell use case or, you know, critical bulletins, if it's customer marketing and has nothing to really do with growth at this point. Um, you know, having a system like an ActOn or, or a Pardot or a HubSpot is going to allow you to do several different layers of segmentation. So it's, I would say it's pretty impossible to, I mean, I guess you can try to do it with some of those other smaller email platforms, but um, the segmentation is really where it's going to come into play. So um, taking a list of like that 500, seeing how it works, um, segmenting by um, any any different way, whether it's region, whether it's, you know, we're just going to go out to a, a postal code in this area, um, set up your, your KPIs to see how it's going to perform and, and set it out, I think, or send it out. I think there's also this concept of like um, personalization in the sense of like, you don't want something to just be bogus. And this is where sending it out to a a subset is really gonna save your butt, if you will, like it just, you know, testing things out. But there's also this thing where we usually do is this fail safe messaging, 
Okay, so the mess. This is where the messaging inside these communications play a really big part because you can really angle anything you want to come across the way you want it to within messaging or subject title. To so you don't look like the idiot that just sent something out that should have should have not you know maybe hit the wrong guy. Right. Um, a perfect example of that is bundling communications. Right. So if you're doing a segment where you're, you know, in this segment, we've built up the segment in, in the platform. We know we're going to get 90 percent of the audience that that has auto that doesn't have property. But there's this three percent over here, 10 percent over here that may get it because of their policy type and the data is not absolutely perfect we have a sale face, you know, fail safe communication or messaging in there that says, you know, hi, Jen, if you're already bundling with us, then you're doing awesome. Nobody gets fussed, you know, you know, or, or you know, and, and feel free to review with us if, if you have additional questions, right? So it, it's, it's kind of how you position uh, the communication sure. and then seeing in the system, once this thing's been deployed and the open rates and the response rates, when people, when your customers are actually responding back to this communication to say actually yeah i'd love to talk to you um then you then you can start to prove that okay that one went well or we would change this next time awesome good points so, so robin going to a portion pardon yeah no, 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 no going to a portion yeah, so the port, so I was just saying, you know, going back to what Chris said about starting uh, with a strategy and then, you know, Jen, you know, and, and that, that strategy then follows on to say, this is our, our testing phase, right? So we're, we're testing with that 40% of our customers where we do have the, the email addresses, we can go ahead and, and market to those customers. Um, and then the reporting that goes with that, because that's gonna be really important. If, as you are testing to, to a portion, you wanna be able to see those results. Um, and you know, just going back to something I said earlier, is th as you're, you're you're seeing those results, there are additional data points that are coming in, your opens, your clicks, on um, being able to look at that segment maybe by geography. So all these additional things that you're actually learning about your customers and how they're engaging so that even though you are just marketing to a small portion, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of learning and insights and that's gonna help take you to that next step. And that next step might be, um, do we want to expand that same portion? So maybe there's additional steps we have to do to get some additional data, or maybe there's a different campaign for another portion of customers that we want to go ahead and, and test out. And, and as you're doing these different segments or portions, as we're calling them, you are gradually marketing into your base you're using your data, you're, uh, you know, you're adding to your data source and you're moving your marketing forward. Well, and it, you know, and I think Robin, it's so interesting to me because a lot of producers and CSRs, they're doing a lot of this type of, it, it's just email. It's, it, it, you can strip it down and make it look like it was hand typed from John in, in the office, or you can make it as, marketing flashy as you want to. So it's really not that the CSR or the producer isn't maybe sending that, hey, are you it's interested in a cross? Yeah, it's just a lot of work. It's just, yeah. a lot of work. And that's where I wanted to talk about, 
that's where I wanted to actually dovetail into maybe Chris to comment on this briefly, and then we're getting to build it up, building up the data is that I want to, I want to discuss this concept of creaming off the top. Uh, you know, we talked about this yesterday with a broker, Chris, um, you know, that, that the audience, you're never going to have a hundred percent likely you're going to have people in, in your base that, you know, don't want to have an email address or don't want to receive marketing communications or, that you've come up with a program that is just very, very challenging to fully get everybody to buy in digitally, but that creaming off the top and then being able to prioritize your sales resources. So you talk about that for a bit. There's a, there's a reluctance, I think, Mike, to, to like do something, like to, to sort of try something for a number of reasons. One is that the fear is that, and again, because these systems have come so far, in the last couple of years even, if someone tried to do an email campaign even like five or, 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 or 10 years ago, it's like, that's not the world we live in now. And it doesn't, you don't have to, you know, hire an army in order to, you know, get stuff done, you know, get stuff done out there. So that's, that's one aspect of it is like sort of that, that reluctance of what am I getting myself into? Second thing though, is the creaming off the top is basically you've got a, um, you, you've got customers who know you very well, you do have their email address, and you can send them a very personalized message. So why not? Why not do that? The cream are those guys that are basically ready to buy from you. And they're there. They're already in your database. You don't have the emails of everybody, but you've got the emails and you've got that, that sort of population of customers that are going to buy from you. So why not sell to them? And the fact that the systems now allow you to do it without having to hire a bunch of new people to kind of make that happen, it's just basically waiting for you. So I think that's kind of like the starting point. Once we get that sort of cream off the top, it's like the lights start going off as to, oh, what does that mean if I actually, like maybe there's more cream in here, but I just need to be able to sort of, you know, hive into that a little bit more, hive into my uh, my existing base in order to get that. And that's where it becomes omni-channel. And I think that's where you were going, Jen, is that they are doing this today in some capacity, likely. You know, they're probably very nervous about rolling these initiatives out to their current team because it's, it's, it's hitting phone calls or it's one more thing now I need to talk to you about at renewal. And well, that's not necessarily, it's the time that we're already calling or doing something. So we tend to do it then, we tend to do these things then, but it's not the optimal time. So to your point, Chris, the creaming off the top actually helps optimize that other process that is still gonna need to be the case. You know, you're not gonna get, even if you had 100% of everything, you won't get 100% cream off the top and your digital strategy will be a combination, will, will help inform your kind of offline strategy. So if we can get 20 or 30% responders within a solid base to cream off, then that helps us say, well, great, now we don't have to call everyone or we don't have to approach it the exact same way for everybody else and slowly develop that. And you'll hit a peak at some point where you just can't get past it. You know, you've got a certain amount of digital customers, digital type responders in your base, and maybe over the years it grows, you know, slowly, but that's, it's getting to that place where it's okay for people to, for, for the brokers, for, for people in this industry to, to have a portion of their audience respond to these things. And as long as that portion and the slice and dice and all these mechanics 
adds enough value back with what you're putting in because you don't have to spend an army on it. You have to spend something, but you don't have to spend an army on it. Then it's well worth the investment, and likely it's well. It's not going to cost you even a full time person all in with technology and everything to actually execute a year's worth of this stuff and, and get some return on it. So why don't we talk? And we don't, I know we're at we're at probably close to thirty, so we don't want to take too long on this. So everybody gets about fifteen seconds. So I'm just kidding. Everybody gets about a minute. Let's talk about building up. So, okay, great. I, I, I do want more email addresses. Let's start with that one because I think that one is a common one. There's other data points and I think there's a bit of a process component that maybe, maybe uh, you know, someone can touch on, you know, making sure from the beginning this stuff is captured. Let's talk about how to build it up. So let's go with Robin first. Um, all right, so email addresses, you're right, it's a priority because that is the baseline to execute. So um, if you have, 40% email addresses, what are some other things you can do? Look at other contact points that you have for that existing um, customer, your existing customer base, and put together uh, an email capture strategy. Do you have uh, cell phones? Can you uh, build out a text-based campaign where you're reaching out, um, asking customers for their email address, driving them to a landing page so it's a very straightforward simplified process do you have mailing addresses can you then do a direct mail campaign where you're sending something uh sending something to your customer they get it in the mail again there's also a, a link for a landing page capturing the addresses so those are two quick things that you can go ahead and do to to jump from that 40 to 60 percent for your emails jen Yep. And then I, all those points and I also agree or, you know, get your team involved. Um, you know, the, these brokers, CSRs are all on the phones all day long. Um, you know, it takes two seconds to ask the customer for, for an email address. Chris, let's, Chris, can you touch on maybe briefly, you know, well, they're worried about getting, you know, spammed. So they're worried about being perceived as being uh, spamming. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I guess the I guess the 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 main the main point there uh, is that you know the the systems that we are that we are using are are fully protected against against that that kind of perception. So I know that there's been a lot over the past number of years of being sort of black, you know, uh, black marked or whatever um, in the in the systems for like sending the like sending emails that are not, you know, not being open. There's all kinds of, of technology that maybe there's like a, a, a misunderstanding about that, uh, about that aspect. So, you know, a professional uh, team like Goose Digital can can basically ensure through the systems that we deploy that you're not going to you know that's not a, an issue that you have to be concerned with. Yeah. Okay. And I and I think that you know one of the things we touched on last podcast and we'll wrap it up here and if anybody needs to chime in a final point but you know we talked we talked about you know in 2020 a lot of the consumers are being tr trained around a certain type of expectation. You know, they do hear from these retailers in a variety of different ways, and they hear from other service providers, you know, from your vehicle, you know, service. There's, there's a lot of companies that are starting to wrap in more strategic uh, communication programs around the, the, the service that they provide. And there's when, you know, I think there's another lens around that they're worried that their insureds will feel like they're about to get spammed. And I think that that's okay. I think what we're talking about is 
the people that are going to opt in and want to hear from their, let's just use the broker lens for a minute, you know, from the broker, from their broker, are going to be happy to have that happen. And if you end up hitting them eight times a month with all kinds of stuff that doesn't make sense, and you've thrown them into a batch and blast because you don't have the data side of it nailed down, and you don't have a platform that lets you tightly segment and do testing and ease your way into it, and of course then measure the impact on your base out the other end. If you're just very much going into it, well, we think this this is this and it's going to work, and 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 then you do run a risk of of being perceived by your audience as uh, opportunistic and just and just um, constantly quote unquote spamming them. But I think you know the platforms that do it well have a preference center. You know, if you go to opt out, it takes you to a place where oh well, I'm happy to receive you know new offers related to my policies. But I don't really want to know about local events in my region, or I don't really care to know about tips about how, you know, tips pertaining to my usage of my of my policy type. I don't really care about that stuff. So they give them choices of where they can then go. And that's really important, too. So I think that all of this is to say that, um, you know, beyond just the, the, the thought process of a business initiative, there's a variety of steps you can take to really see this uh, successful on the back end. Um, yeah, if there's anything else, I think we, it's a good, good spot to wrap up. Does anybody want to chime in? Robin, I was just going to add one last, I was going to add one last point um, that one of the things that we've seen over COVID is that the, a segment or segments of customers who prior to the pandemic were not that comfortable receiving information uh, digitally or through email, that segment has really changed. And for a large part, they have become more comfortable and mm -hmm. they have that increased expectation um, that they will be receiving communication, even from their insurance broker uh, via email. And um, this is a, a great opportunity for the insurance industry to, to capitalize that and use that for both the benefit of their customers and their own benefit as well. All right. Well, thanks everybody. This was great. We'll, we'll come up with a catchy title, something to do with dirty data. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Peace. 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 Peace.